Hi folks, Tris here. We've set up a Patreon to support the podcast. We are 100% funded by our members and will never run ads. If you'd like to help out, head on over to patreon.com forward slash modemprometheus and join our membership community. We have fun tiers based on tarot cards like the Hermit, Hierophant, and the Tower. We're still working out the kinks with the Patreon. I think the cards are coming alive. Nothing to worry about. Anyway, that would be lovely of you. I need to apologize. I talk about the city as if it is a being, some vast creature that has thrown itself across the estuary. And of course, that isn't true. We hit the limits of language here. We can't really talk about the city any more than a binary bit can talk about a processor. But the city is not a being. It is a changing. It is not the buildings or the river or the land. It is not even the pigeons or the people. The city is movement. It is the flow of data. It is the enemy of entropy. It is the hundreds of thousands of bits per second beamed out by the transmitter that stands on top of the ridge. It is moving and vital, the thrum of traffic on asphalt and foot on concrete the pulse of its beating heart. Even at 2am, cars crawl the streets and people pick their way down darkened roads. The city is never still. If it was still, it would not be the city. It is not quite 2am, but it is close. The city's heart still beats. It still exchanges data, but the beat is hard house, and the data is mostly about who won't be home tonight. Instead of being a buzzing cloud, the city is condensed into strips that blaze like runways, guiding you in. This is not one of those runways, but again, it is close. We are maybe three streets from the pulsing clubs, far enough and quiet enough that you can forget how close life really is. And on this street, all alone, a car rolls slowly along. Inside, protectively cocooned against the outside world, is lighter. You have never met Lyta, and never will, but you've met lots of people like her. More than anyone, Lyta does her bit to keep the city moving, because moving people is what Lyta does. She works as a bus driver, 35 years almost to the day. She's lost count of how many routes she's run. These days, it's the 415, the 59, the 57, and the 204. And when she gets off her shift, she opens Uber and takes fares in her 2004 Renault with a glitchy radio. Her daughter tells her she should take some time off, but her fares are better company than the TV. She has a fare now. The pickup request came just as Lighter was about to switch off the app. It's late, she's tired, and she's got the kind of dull ache at the back of her head that says, it's been late and she's been tired a few too many times recently. Still. A fair is a fair. They want to go somewhere Lyta doesn't recognise. Somewhere in the suburban sprawl. It's a long way from her flat, but the customer's reviews say they're a generous tipper. And Lyta doesn't mind travelling, even at this time of night. She feels at home driving the city streets. And wherever she is, she knows the red lights of the transmitted tower will guide her to bed. The radio switches itself on. It's got itself locked to some late-night pirate station called Modem Prometheus, 
and it doesn't like staying off. Whatever, Lighter thinks, as Dion Warwick starts singing to walk on by. I'll get it fixed next payday. It's a good song. The pickup is waiting on the corner. A woman, tall, wearing a dress that says this is the end of a night out. Alone. Lighter's glad she took the job now. The city isn't always friendly to a woman alone in the dark. She pulls up, buzzes down the window. Annabelle! The woman smiles but hesitates. Her eyes flick to Lighter to the back of the car, then back again. Ah. Lighter has seen enough pale skin try not to be worried about getting into her car to no longer take it personally. And as Lighter knows, things can be more worrying when you're on your own. There's a reason she doesn't stay in her flat much. That's one reason she likes driving. Behind a wheel, she is in control. She feels anchored, like her car is staying still and the city is moving around her. The sound of a revving moped engine cuts into the night, joined by several others. Sounds like a gang of kids are joyriding down one of the parallel streets. The woman glances towards it, and Lighter takes the chance to be the less scary option. Come on in, let's get you home. The woman smiles gratefully and slips into the back seat. The sat-nav, connected to the app, has already loaded the destination and they begin to move. After 200 yards, turn right. Night out? Lighter asks. The answer's yes, of course it's yes, but it starts a conversation. It lets Lighter hear someone else's voice, and she misses that this time of night. I was looking for someone, the woman says. That's an unusual answer. Did you find them? Took a while, but yes, I did. There's a warmth in her voice, counteracts the cold air in the car. Lighter's regretting having the window open so long. There's something else about her too that Lighter can't quite put her finger on. And not like the usual something else's. Lighter's had all sorts in the back of her car. Things that made her stare at the road and keep her mouth shut. The hairs on the back of her neck prickling like porcupine spines. This one isn't like that, but there's something. The radio was whispering. Lighter doesn't know what ASMR is. If she did, she might think it sounded like that. She turns right. Keep ahead for 1.4 miles. Then, at the roundabout, take the fourth exit. Lighter doesn't come to this part of the city much. It's interesting seeing new streets. The last time she was here was when... That's it. You're a hunter, aren't you? You could tell, the woman asks. Always. I can always tell. Go on as many hunts as Lighter has, and you get to know people who are there with you. She hasn't been on a hunt for some years now. She's older than she used to be. The charge is hard on her knees. But still, she can spot another hunter from the other side of the street. On the last hunt night, a boy got on her bus, eyes wide and terrified, and Lighter clocked him as a hunter before she even saw the bayonet swinging from his belt. He was so distracted he forgot to tap in, but she let him ride for free. You do that on hunt night. The radio flickers. It started playing a remix of some 80s power ballad, a sampled turn around over a drumming heartbeat. Can you turn that off? The woman asks. Sure, Lighter says, flicking the switch. 
but it might not stick. They approach the roundabout, the street floating by like driftwood under a bridge. The shop fronts are shuttered, the windows are dark. Light is surprised by how much she misses the radio. Her indicator and the hum of the engine are all she can hear, and Lighter wraps them around her like a blanket. There are only three exits. She looks at the sat-nav, confused. She's in the right place. The woman in the back says nothing as Lighter circles the roundabout a second time. One, two, three, four. Lighter shakes herself and turns the car in. She's more tired than she thought. Take the next left and then proceed for 3.2 miles. Sorry, she says. I must have missed it. That's okay, the woman says. Lots of people get lost around here. Good to know. Um, Lighter is cut off by the chainsaw whine of moped engines, closer this time, approaching fast. She jumps as they flash past the car on either side. Maybe a dozen, maybe more. Some of them have two people on the back. Lighter mutters a curse, annoyed at herself for being startled by joyriding kids. You get much of this around here. More recently, the woman says. She doesn't seem bothered. The mopeds zip past and turn off at a junction ahead, some going left and some going right. The woman is silent for another few seconds, then asks, Do you think your daughter still loves you? What? Your daughter. You were saying how she doesn't come and see you very often anymore. I was? Just before the roundabout. I... Sorry, I don't remember. But do you think she does? Oh yes, of course she does. For a time, it was Lighter and Robert. Then, it was Lighter and Robert and Emily. Then it was Lighter and Emily. Now it's just Lighter. Emily got a job and a man. The two were not related. Now she works at one of the big skyscrapers, on a floor that's higher than the transmitter tower. Usually you need a degree to work there, but not Emily. She talked her way into an internship, and now she has an office of her own. And if you have your own office, and you work so high the falcons perch on your window ledge, you obviously shouldn't be living with your mum. For a while, Emily visited most days. Then it was more like once a week, then once a month. Lighter can't remember the precise date of the last time she came over, but she doesn't think it was that long ago. She's got it marked on the calendar. They do talk on the phone sometimes. That's nice. It's good to hear her voice, even if these days Lighter doesn't understand much of what Emily says. Options, exchange traded derivatives, Barolo, Nigiri. It's a different language when you work so high up. Maybe that's why they don't talk so much anymore. Turn around where possible. They're in a cul-de-sac. I think if I loved someone, I'd try to see them more often. Wouldn't you? Lighter looks round sharply, hemmed in on all sides. The buildings around her dark and bleak, the night casting them in strange lines, and the woman in the back, the woman who is still in her car, 
the woman who from one angle is not a woman at all, but just a shadow and an armrest and the bulge of a seat cushion. Lighter is not an idiot. She knows something is wrong and she knows why. She lets something in. The woman still feels like a hunter. And under the circumstances, this is not encouraging. The woman stares at Lighter. Lighter stares through the windscreen. You need to get out of my car, she says. The woman smiles. Lighter thinks she's smiling. Not yet. You haven't taken me home. That was our bargain, entered into freely. A broken bargain is a terrible thing. Lighter closes her eyes, touches her head to the steering wheel. It's clammy, like the imitation leather itself is sweating. She breathes, a slow, steady motion, the kind of thing she imagines Emily does at those yoga classes she talked about on Facebook. This is her car. She is a driver. She can follow a route. It's what she does. She three-point turns, heading back to the main road. There are no other cars here, not a single vehicle in any driveway. The radio switches itself on briefly, but there's only static. Take the first right, then proceed for one mile to a junction. The sat-nav is flickering. The map itself fine, but the street names twisted, the familiar letters morphed into an alien alphabet of slashes and dots. She always did take after her father more, the woman says idly. It's nice to see her making something of herself. Get promoted, be successful, while you're still there in your damp little flat. Lighter isn't responding anymore, keeping her eyes locked on the satnav as it fuzzes and flickers through legibility. She tries to ignore her, but it's hard. The woman is still sitting in the back seat, one leg crossed over the other, looking out the window. But her voice is right up against Lighter's ear, close enough to bite. So I wouldn't be too hard on yourself. She just outgrew you. And the voice doesn't move, but the woman herself turns her head so slow you can almost hear ceramic scraping. Just like he did. Turn left, then run. The message is garbled, but Lighter follows the satnav's line. There are no people on these streets. There are no lights in the windows. There is no litter on the pavement. This part of the city has been bleached clean. Proceed ahead 2.4 miles. The signal is lost. We cannot help you here. The houses give way to warehouses, silent factories. The road continues straight and the side streets fall away. The buildings press together like the walls of a canyon. She tries not to look at the woman in the back, the streetlights shining off her teeth. The road starts to climb and Lighter is relieved, because if she could just see the city, she could see her way home, to where the red lights of the transmitter mast burn like bonfires. But the buildings part and open onto an empty horizon. The city is dark, lit only by the streetlights in their sickly yellow veins tracing roads that Lighter has never driven and does not know. You have reached your destination.
And this is the point that Lyta realizes they're not in the city anymore. They're somewhere else. Somewhere that's made of the shadows between buildings and roads never built. The woman is still sat there in the back. Her head is tilted slightly, cocked like a gun. Anywhere here's good. The app swipes itself, job done. It's trying to calculate the route to Lighter's house now, but can't find one. It sits and spins and finally concludes. Turn around where possible. Lighter doesn't answer, just stares at the steering wheel, at the buildings that shouldn't be there, at the roads that shouldn't exist. She barely registers the clunk-chump of the door opening and closing again as the woman gets out, her movements altogether more feral than they were earlier, her dress looking less like fabric and more like skin. She says something, and from inside the car, Lighter shouldn't be able to hear her, but she can. That voice whispers like it's just behind her ear. Drive home, little girl. There's the sound of mopeds in the distance, approaching fast. Lighter can't tell which direction they're coming from, but she knows, more than she's ever known anything else, they cannot be allowed to catch her. She starts the engine and drives, but it's like the car isn't moving. The city, this other city, is moving around her, and it's bringing the sound of mopeds closer. The road is straight, the building's dark, the radio dead. There is nothing but her sat-nav, and it says the same thing, whatever direction she tries. Turn around where possible. Turn around where possible. Turn around where possible. Modem Prometheus is written by Neil Merton and performed by Kate Angier. Produced and with original music by me, Tris Oten. Find more of my music at namtal.com and check out my other show, Lost Terminal. Please rate and review the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you are listening to this right now. If you like what we do and want to support us, check out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Modem Prometheus. You can get shirts and other merch at our website, modemprometheus.com. See you at the next full moon.